and welcome back to the Freewheeling Podcast. Today, we're taking a little bit of a break from talking about racing to give you a deep dive into Canyon Sram's generation development team. Canyon Sram announced in 2021 that they would be expanding their world tour team to include a development team. And what was different about this than anything that's been done in the past, not that there's many world tour teams that have a development program, that they were looking for the majority of the team to come from countries that are underrepresented in cycling. So I got on the phone and chatted with Ronnie Lauka, who is the team manager and sports director, and Tina, who's the diversity and inclusion expert and helps the team with their development. And Amy Jones chatted with Lori Sharp, a young Jamaican rider who joined their generation team. So we chatted a ton about what went into the process of building the team, the help that the riders are getting from the team, and some of the challenges that they've already run into. In general, this is a really cool project, so I'm really excited to introduce everybody to a little bit of the behind the scenes. So we will be back next week to talk about more bike racing, but for now, please enjoy these conversations about the new Canyon Stram generation team. Can you both introduce yourselves and also say your official title with the team? Ladies first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm uh, Christina Kalkschmidt. I usually go by Tina. Um, and I'm the um, DNI expert and t- team development expert with the team. So hi, yeah, I'm Ronnie Lauke. I'm um, yeah, what, what what I am. I'm 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 the, I'm the manager manager of the team, um, trying to overlook things and um, try to adjust um, wherever necessary. Basically, give trying to give the team a direction. So to start out, I would really like to hear the story of how the idea for the generation team came about. I think we need to look a little bit bit further back with this team overall when it was created. I mean, overall, we always had the, had the idea to lower to lower entrance barriers to the sport. Um, that's that's the reason we had have created the Swift Academy at the very beginning of this team. We always wanted to have an international team. Um, I think until last year, we had nine nationalities within a team of 16 people. And um, with, all the, with all the events in the last two years around the team and um, with negativity around the team that we don't, that we are not international enough, we thought about it and say, okay, yes. Um, on one side, we have the perception we are international, we try to give access to the sport, but on the other side, um, we look after, after the traditional, traditional cycling countries mostly, and there's still a whole lot of um, wide, wide parts on the, on, the, on, the, on the map, on the global map that we don't look after. Um, so what can we do? And my experience 
within the sport is that the level of, of, of high performance in the, on the virtual races is um, quite demanding and that often riders enter the sport on the highest level um, and are not ready for it. They struggle to, some unfortunately struggle to make the, to make the, the, the neutral zone. Um, unfortunately, I have seen it often enough that riders get dropped in the neutral zone. And I think development as an athlete also requires positive experiences. So the idea was, okay, let's, let's start an entry-level team um, where riders can, don't have the, let's, call, let's, let's say, pressure um, to win, and, but, but focus more on learning, that they have the time to learn, that they have more playing field to make mistakes. And that's the reason we have created the UCI Continental Team with the specific aspect of and, um, finding riders from countries who are underrepresented in the sport on the highest field. Um, yes, we do have two German riders. Um, Germany is definitely not underrepresented, um, but this is according to the UCI rules that when you are a German registered team, um, which we are, our basis is in Germany. Um, so we had to we had to take two Germans as well. Tina, do you have anything to add? With regards to the to the background and history, I think Ronnie um, covered covered it all. Um, so when I came into play, it was then basically uh, my uh, I helped uh, <laughs> to to make the, the team the idea became uh, become reality. Um, was basically uh, when Ronnie started sharing the first ideas, and then um, when we yeah basically discussed how to how to make this this plan come true, which is uh, yeah often <laughs> more difficult as it sounds. Um, yeah, so I mean it's 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 definitely difficult in, in the sense that bringing people together from 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 different parts of the world, growing up with different ethical backgrounds, diff different, diff yeah, what is right, what is wrong, or what, and um, this is, it's, it's, it's challenging, but it's super interesting too, and I think everybody's growing on that. Um, and basically how I got into the sport is, uh, as, a, as a manager and sports director, I started in South Africa. That was my first, my first stage as a, as a, as a sports director or team manager and uh, the purpose of the team that I was involved is to help um, riders from previously dis um, underrepresented groups um, to, to enter the sport of cycling in the national level in South Africa. So, and I always liked it and I always, yeah, this is basically my, my always said grassroots as a sports director, um, I started. I started there, and it was was. On, I have to say, it was the best time in my in my business life so far. <laughs> One year, South Africa. <laughs> you mentioned um, that the team is uh, the goal of the team was to hire riders from underrepresented nations. How is the team helping those riders to make the transition to Europe? Because I imagine it's not easy for them to be over here. A lot of them are very young to have left their families and stuff behind. So what's the team doing in terms of helping them 
um, kind of find their footing in Europe, even off the bike? You want to start yeah. off? Um, I mean, I think the, the first and most important thing is um, to create the team environment with all the support they need. Um, and especially also now here, having them in two training camps, um, just with, with um, yeah, with all the support staff that, that the uh, Kenyans from Racing team has as well, um, to help them to grow together as a team and to show them that they have all support that they need. Um, of course, we help with um, administrative stuff. Um, visa is always a big issue <laughs> and not fully resolved yet. Um, so with, with these things, um, and also, and, and this is what, what Ronnie already mentioned, is bringing together people from different nations. And this is not limited to the generation team, also to Kenyan Swim Racing. Um, yeah, requires quite a sensitivity to how to interact with different cultures. So um, we also, um, now during this camp, had, um, had three different sessions where we talked about um, diversity and inclusion, specifically to um, communication topics to um, cultural um, cultural topics, interaction, um, et cetera. So this has also helped them. And yeah, we had quite quite a good discussion. Um, yeah, how to how to deal with issues that might come up. Um, so this is also how we how we try to help. I mean, the, we we are fully aware that we can't just just hire riders and tell them. Okay, come to Europe and now start to race. I mean, we need to look after them, uh, after generation riders in a different way than on the virtual riders who have more experience, in particular with Europe, with, with racing internationally. And um, so we we basically cover cover all cost um, when they leave home until during their stay here. And um, so nobody nobody's left behind. We give. We have a house and a service course now set up in, or we are in the process of setting it up um, in Girona, so that the team is is having a base, that they are having a home, that they always can, yeah, have a have a place where they can operate from. Um, it's um, it's what we found out is especially riders from Africa to give them access to to Europe. Um, with, that they get a visa, it's very difficult. Um, embassies are not really supportive on that because there's always that underlying tone of um, that we try to bring people in and don't want to send them back. Um, it's, it's I don't know that that, that negativity. Um, I don't I don't like it. Um, you, you want to help, and at the end, uh, you know, there's all these obstacles because it's basically some some accusations from 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 um what's yeah from embassies that you don't have a good intention um yeah um that, that's actually the biggest obstacle at the moment i mean every like when when you when you when you hear the news every day like in, in the media everybody is talking from an open from an open word accessible to everyone and then if you want to make one rider from africa train and race in europe um, they, they, there's, there's a kind of an accusation that you uh, trade people, you know, and this is I don't know. <laughs> and, and the most the most annoying thing is if if uh, we did the same thing and we're talking about a male soccer player, that would not be an issue at all. So this is just like 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like not a young woman not married. So they try they try to come over and make a living. That's that somehow we need to deal with. And it's I don't know if the if, if, if that's the tone that that that, that official officials should set, especially in the year 2022. I mean, I thought the world is developing, but um, the world is different in in in, in, in all um, um, among those continents that people are living in. Lots of challenges that just take 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 a lot of energy. Uh, which is unnecessary because we want to focus on sports and not on just dealing with administrative stuff. So the biggest challenges you face so far actually have nothing to do with bike racing. Unfortunately, not. <laughs> I would I would love that that this becomes a I would love that this becomes a challenge because then I believe we would have some answers. Um, now we need to need to learn a little more intense um, how we make it happen. I mean, there will be a way. Um, we're working on it. We get the support from from the um, this case uh, the German National Federation and uh, the Olympic Committee. They help us with letters and so on. Um, so, but now it's up to the embassy in uh, yeah in, in, in those African countries. What do you think the biggest challenges will be for the riders when they're coming over? I mean, I, I think one big challenge is simply being so far away from home. I mean, lots of them <clears throat> haven't left their country or continent um, and now coming to Europe, um, being far away from, from their family. Um, so homesickness is definitely an issue. I mean, <clears throat> this is what, I mean, it's new. Um, of course, it's uh, for some, it's uh, well, yeah, for, for, for everyone, it's, uh, it's an adventure coming here. New, totally new, not knowing a person, um, getting to know everything, like also how Europe is functioning. So we just need to be there and, and listen and try to, to help and guide. And, um, and if it becomes really bad, then we need to find a solution to like send a rider home for two weeks or three weeks and tell um, that, she's, that she's happy again and that she, that she understands the world is not as big as it might look, look like on the map, um, that um, family is only a 10-hour flight away overnight and um this is i think this is important um because you only can you only can develop and perform when you yeah when you're happy i mean i guess that makes it's going to make a world of difference that they are all together in the house in girona because they'll be in it together they'll have each other's support which i mean we have a we have a mechanic there we have a physiotherapist there um, our sports director lives there, so it's a it's a small little little, little a community that we want to want to build and create, and um, so that they can can be supportive on a daily basis to another. And nobody's left behind. Yeah. So the idea is to have a second home away from. But that that needs time to build. I mean, it's not it's not happening overnight. And luckily, we have the support of of, of our team partners and um everybody in in the team is supportive of it so we try with those riders who have more experience they they try to help um, uh, with, with, um, um, um advice and how to handle the situation because we had like we have riders also who left in a young age um home um went to a different country but within europe 
but it's still a similar experience. Like when you leave your parents with the age of 20, 21, your known environment. Um, but let's, let's say from, from, from Barcelona to, to Malaysia, it's 10 hours. I think from, from Barcelona to Poland, it's uh, two hours. So it's only eight hours difference um, in flight time. Also, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a different continent. And I think this, this, they can guide with, with this experience how to overcome this, this time of feeling, feeling lonely and being away from the family. Um, and eventually they will, they will start perform and understand, okay, I'm, home, I'm, I'm, I'm away from home for a certain period, but I can fulfill my dream of becoming a pro athlete and um, get gain some knowledge and, uh, in this racing scene here and hopefully can represent my country in one of the international events like World Championships, Olympic Games and um, make everyone at home proud. So this is this is this idea. Yeah, I think this is one, one important thing and it also shows the, the attitude of team members. They're also excited to be on the team and they get their, their one-in-a-lifetime chance um, to make it here. And so they're all willing to make it happen. Yeah, and it helps that there, I know that there's a lot of Canyon Strand riders that are in Girona and you've said that they, they're on camp together. So there is a lot of interaction between the two teams, correct? We see now um, that some riders are physically on a different level than others. So it makes it hard to um, have a complete training session together. So we, we clearly need to bring some riders up to a certain, to, to the standard of, of, of competition here. But they have the potential and um, they just need time and, and regular, regular um, advice and um, guidance. And with that, they will, they will grow. I'm pretty convinced about it. And this is the whole idea about the development team. Yes. So to, to create the environment um, where they can develop. Yeah, they can see how the professional team is run, how the elite riders are, are able to tackle each day and learn from that and try to emulate it. What does the calendar look like for the generation team? I don't have it in my head. Um, they start racing in, in beginning of March. Um, we just got an invite for the Turing tour for the generation team, um, which is a quite a. I think that will be one of the highlights in terms of of, of um, racing demand um, with six days and a high profile race. I think it's two point pro ranked. Um, and but I have to admit that our our sports director for the generation team, Adam, Adam Sabo, has a, has a better overview on the, race, on the race calendar because we have applied for, for, for many races. Not every race organizer has responded and has an invite uh, granted to the team yet. So we, there's still a lot of things pending. But for sure, there will be, there will be a, a, a competitive race program it's unfortunately the part when uh, the, the situation when you when you are a new continental team you don't have you don't have any guarantee to to race somewhere you just need to rely on on the goodwill of race organizers there's no no rule that can bring you in um it's basically based on luck um and and then some connections um so we focus we focus on races on the national calendar in Spain and France and at some point two UCI races and like 
also in comparison, that's the reason we have chosen, um, have, have applied for a starting spot at, at Turingen to just give them give them an idea what it means to race on the highest level over six days so they they see okay am i ready for it or do i need to need to do a few more training kilometers and maybe a little more bit more tactical education um in order to 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 be ready for this type of racing one day because i think always put things in context to put things in context it's all, always important because when they let's assume they start winning some of the national racing uh, uh, calendar races in spain or france uh, that's definitely a different different level so and not not all but some riders not not explicit from our team but it's i think it's just human they, they some may start think that they have reached the top so then a little reminder this is always good to say no, no you're not there it's just a stage you have not won the tour yet <laughs> as since it's kind of one of the first of its kind having a elite a world tour team with a continental team that's attached in a way is there any chance that some of the generation riders will get to jump in races with the elite riders if they're if they're on that level yet since it's very new and it's actually not um, on the on the men's virtual side, you are allowed to have a good development team, and you can bring, I believe, one rider from the world team into the development team to race together, occasionally, and you also can bring up some riders from the continental team into the world team during a season. This is not allowed for us. So basically, both teams run under the same management uh, company. Um, but we are not allowed in 2022 to give one rider the starting spot on the world team. This is um, forbidden. But as it's just it's just um, what I've heard. I don't have any confirmation of that. It's that this will be allowed from 2023. So from 2023, we will be allowed to um, give riders a chance to start at the virtual race who are part of the continental team. And independent of that, our overall goal for the development team is, of course, to develop the riders to make the step from the um, development team to the world tour team. Do you think that other teams will see what you're doing and and also create development teams in the future? Or do you hope that other world tour women's teams have development teams? Hopefully, I mean, this would this would be amazing because our our goal is not only to uh, to make our team more diverse and inclusive. We want to make cycling more diverse and inclusive. So the more, the better. Yeah. I mean, look, when we, when we started, when we started the Swift Academy, um, I received so many negative comments from inside the sport. Um, um, what, what we, what, what we are thinking in the team that this could be a success story. And I mean, meanwhile, um, Swift is highly accepted. Um, racing and training training tour and have it has its own um, eSport World Championships. Um, so this this whole um, angle of the sport is, is fully fully developed now six years later. And I hope looking at the applications that we have received for this team, um, the amount from of uh, the demand is, the demand is definitely there. Um, and it's, it's the, the situation is, 
that there's no opportunities or limited opportunities for many riders. And <clears throat> I hope, we hope that this is a sign for, for other teams out there who have the financial resources to build, to, to build a pathway into the sport because it will help grow the, the entire economy. Um, there will be more teams on the top level. There will be more teams on the continental level. Um, there will be races who have proper proper sport um, um, who can, can show um, competition on a high level because uh, it's not that we, let's say, we have only the world teams with competitive competitive runners, but like it, I, I believe it, it will lift the level of the sport in a whole um, when you look more into, into the, um, let's call it development teams. And this is this is what we what we undergo at the moment in women's cycling. It's a it's a, it's a big change. It's big progress, and I believe looking after the the the, the, end, the entry level after the you call it grassroots is, is it that word? You look after grassroots makes it makes the sport better at the end. If you all only look after the top end, then yeah, that we always will have those 10, 15, 20 names um, who, who who are the, the, the winners of, of, of races throughout the season. Um, but what we aim for is that we have more of those and that we have unpredictable bike races because of the level of, of, of competition. And I mean, I think it's for us, for, for everyone involved, it will be better to have uh, when, the, when the competition is, is stronger and more close because then everybody needs to also think more how a winning move is possible. So you need to develop tactics as well. You need to develop the structure of the team. So it's a, you will just step up the ladder further. And yes, it will also cost money. Um, and this is then the job of people like me to convince others that this is the right step to invest. Um, that do something good for the for, for 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 the people that they do something good for their company and um, I think it, at the end it's it's our goal to create a win-win situation for everyone. And yeah, this is I mean, what what Ronnie just just said. The main goal is we need to broaden the base. The broader the base, the more have the chance to make it to the top. And to broaden the base, especially in those countries that are currently underrepresented, is that you need to have role models, you need to have ambassadors, right? Because whenever someone from like Africa just looks at a woman's podium right now, they don't really feel represented. They don't feel that this is something they can achieve. Um, and this, this is what we want to create by having the development team and really showing, yes, you can achieve it. And also by creating the path to get there. And this is not only for the benefit of, of, of our team, but for the benefit of cycling in general. Yeah, because right now, I mean, even if you don't look at the lack of diversity in women's cycling and cycling in general, if you look at just women's cycling and the way it's growing, it's it's like it's an upside down pyramid and the top is just constantly getting pushed higher. But there's no, there's no U23, there's no pathway. So it's... Exactly. It's it's really challenging to look at the future of the sport and see how the next generation coming up is going to 
be able to reach the world tour when it's getting farther and farther away. And, and I think, I mean, even because of the pandemic, there's, there's less and less non-world tour racing. So there's, there's also (laughs) this huge, I mean, we had three men's stage races happening last week and one women's one day. So there's, yeah, it's a, it's a challenging landscape to navigate. It's also, it's it's like at the moment, it's also challenging for the teams. I mean, I think our team this year as a world tour team is having 15 riders um, listed on the, on the, um, um, at the, at the, uh, on the roster. I think we are the biggest uh, team in terms of numbers. I think there's teams of 11 or 12 riders. The majority of world tour teams is not ready to have a to have a full running program from February until October, because like on the men's side they have thirty riders maximum, I believe. So that's a totally different number. And when you, for instance, have three stage races in one week, I mean, just look at the logistical aspects. Look at the staff that's needed. Um, this woman woman side of the sport is definitely not at this uh, at this level yet. I mean, we, I think I wouldn't think that anyone can afford it right now. Yeah, but in in terms of introducing more diversity into the peloton, Zwift is an incredible tool for this because it's it makes it way easier to get noticed on the international level. It's easier to compete because you don't have to travel. There's just way less restrictions. So. Is Zwift playing any kind of role into the generation team and finding riders and stuff like that? So um, Swift, Swift is, of course, very important and active with us. I mean, they um, partner from the first hour of the team, so they play a big role in this. And we also will, in our service course, we will set up um, like a Swift room. Um, so we have a full functioning room where they can compete regular, where they can train. Um, and, um, so we, we have that pathway through Swift. I mean, they, they also gave the, the, the initial, the initial push for, for, for the academy. And this has developed now also into the, um, gener- generation team with, with Canyon and SRAM. They have been highly supportive and pushing for it as well. So it was an interest of everyone. Um, on who has supported the world team for many years, they said, yes, this this is a step we need to do. Um, So this is, they all were aligned and this this was good. Well, great. I can't wait to, I I live in Girona, so hopefully I get to see some competitions, some Swift competitions. (laughs) Yeah, they they, they will install this um, entire setup and we we probably also open it to, to, because one of the things that we have, have experienced that some riders are struggling to set it up at home or on, on their own, then somehow the, the, their own Wi-Fi doesn't work or whatsoever. So we will make it um, also accessible to, to other pro riders that can race and compete. It's like we, I mean, at the end, we, you compete against um, other teams and other brands and so on, but on the other side, I think you only can grow the sport with them. And not alone. So it's a, I think in, in many ways you need, need to also be supportive. So kind of back to, well, back to the beginning, <laughs> how did the name generation come about? Oh, that's, yeah, it's a, it's a next generation. I mean, of course there was a lot of, lot of talks of what, what is a, 
what is the name or how we how can we how can we give it a link to the existing team so basically without losing Canyon SRAM because it's, uh, it's our our main main partners and um, it has is the identity of the team um, and these 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 radars are hopefully the next generation so there it was a uh, it was a uh, natural natural uh, development into that name. What are the long-term goals for the team? Um, we've gone over a little bit of, you know, getting the generation riders to develop into being world tour level and hopefully getting on the Canyon Stream racing team. But do you have any other long-term goals? The, I mean, one, one goal is that the, that, that competing teams lining up already now and not only trying to, hire riders from the world team, but say, oh, there's a generation team. They are so good. We need them on our roster. And I think that would be a good achievement when, when other teams are saying, oh, this is, this is a really good development pathway. And we need to look at, uh, into these riders to get them on, on, on board of our, of our uh, team. I think then we, then we have accomplished quite a lot if that happens. Um, this is what we actually said from from the beginning. Um, of course, one goal is to develop um, the riders from the development team to step up into our team, but it's not limited to Kenyan SRAM racing. So, and and that leads back again to our goal to not only make our team more diverse and inclusive, but to to make women cycling more diverse and inclusive. I have one final question with the. The UCI announcing that the women's U23 race will happen within the elite team. Do you have, or within the elite race, do you have any opinions on this? Uh, yeah, I have an opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's, 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 uh, first of all, I think it's a good idea to have an uh, under 23 world champion. Um, that's good. Um, I believe it's not good to grant uh, to to create a winner who who crosses a line on position 13 or 14 because it um, it, it has an effect on the race dynamic in the elite race definitely um, so we will have rather so focus in the race on becoming under 23 world champion so um, they they can just sit on on a wheel in a breakaway say okay if I make it here I I'm not, I'm not interested to become elite world champion. Maybe I can do it as well uh, with not actually contributing to that breakaway. Um, I'm the youngest here in this breakaway. So I, I um, yeah, I definitely make the under 23 world champion. So kind of there's a, a I see a weird dynamic happening and it's, it doesn't, it, it's nice that one woman will, will wear the jersey. Um, but it's also, I could not imagine when I was a rider to cross the finish line, maybe not as first, and then be, be, be like be, be a champion. World champion, yeah. Weird yeah. feeling. So, I mean, on one side, it's good that there's something happening. On the other side, I see that the initial bike race, the elite, women elite world championships, gets affected by it, which shouldn't happen, in my opinion. So I don't know. What's your opinion on it? <laughs> Same. I'm pretty disappointed. <laughs> I mean, it's great that there's the time trial. The, the time trial is, they've got the time trial as a separate event. Awesome. But I think if they're going to have a U23 road race, it needs to be separate. They can't have it. It takes away from the elite race. It, it doesn't feel right. 
and it, it's I don't I'm sure that there's logistical issues in play that they can't just form a U23 race right now but I also think if they went to Australia the Australian Cycling Federation they're like hey guys so this is not within the plan but how do you feel about putting on a separate U23 race the first ever that Australia would be like uh yeah we absolutely want to do that so that 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 that's the thing we, we don't know the the reasons why it's done like this um we just have to find a decision um and um yeah um, I'm, i'm i'm looking forward to see how it turns out but i'm not not I'm, at the moment i'm not so confident it will be good <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> thank you both so much for your time it was really amazing to chat with you and i can't wait to see how the team does this year and in the future yeah thanks a lot have a, yeah we, the same here we are very curious too how they how they do <laughs> Well, first step visas. Yeah. So once you get over that hurdle, it's just like smooth sailing, right? So hopefully, hopefully. But uh, honestly, I mean, so many years in the sport, there has never been smooth sailing. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> This sport is not known for being smooth at all. <laughs> well, good luck. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. So whereabouts are you? You you live in Girona still, right? Yes, yeah. Girona, yeah. Yeah, because um, we met on a ride with. Um... Oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but how have things been since then? Well, training-wise, trains were pretty good. Uh, but the weather for the like, the past two weeks have been pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so you really <laughs> have to time training properly so you avoid the rain and everything because it's starting to rain right now. So, luckily. Um, I had my training session earlier today and yeah, we're just prepping for our final race for like a while. So we leave tomorrow and our race is on Sunday. Uh, yeah. And then we have like a short break for maybe about two weeks or thereabout and then back to racing. Nice. Okay. Mm. And on Sunday, where is, where's the race? It's in this I don't remember the name of the time. I know it starts with an N. No, Noha? I think it's Noha. Ah, yeah. A Spanish I mean, cup race, is it? Yeah, yeah Spanish yeah. cup. Yeah, nice. Cool. Um, so I guess we should start from the top, really. So if you could just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background mm -hmm. in cycling and where you're from and all that stuff. Okay, so I'm from Kingston, Jamaica. Um, Jamaica is one of the many Caribbean islands. Uh, probably, I think it's the largest English-speaking Caribbean island. Um, so yeah, that's where I was born. And that's where I grew up. Uh, how I got into cycling, though, was uh, weird, actually, because I'm coming from like a swimming background, really. And so I've been swimming pretty much all my life, honestly. Um, my mom, she had me swimming as early as eight months old. Uh, so I've been swimming nonstop and really began swimming competitively when I was like about six or seven. And I did that up until I was like 15, 16. Uh, yeah, so around 15, 16, I did a couple of 5Ks actually, 5K runs. And the times I did were pretty decent for someone who was just swimming. 
Like even though I did track and field like back when I was maybe eight to twelve, variables, it was nothing long distance, right? Um, so the times were pretty okay for someone who was just swimming. And then my swim coach at the time, she suggested I take up triathlon because um, there was like a parent of, in the swim club, tornado swim club that is, and he was like the vice president for the triathlon association. And so he, she introduced me to him and that's how I really got into triathlon. And then I got a bike, got a cycling coach and yeah, cycling has been a part of my life since then. Um, but it wasn't until about 2020 when I made the switch to cycling, just completely cycling. Um, and then since then, cycling has just been nonstop. And now I'm here in Girona. Uh, I honestly couldn't imagine um, being here or like being a part of a team uh, in my wildest dreams, honestly. So this is kind of a dream come true. And I'm just soaking it in and just enjoying the moment. Nice. That's awesome. So I get, so what, um, what was it that made you transition from triathlon to just focusing on cycling? Yeah. So the two like primary reasons were, uh, a knee injury that I had that severely inhibited my running. And then the onset of the pandemic pools being closed and there's only so much open water I could really, uh, manage. So, Cycling was just always there, whether that was riding outdoors or riding indoors. And yeah, I think that's where I developed a greater appreciation for cycling, honestly. And I even started watching more races and just on it, my mom would say I became obsessed. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's what really triggered that transition from triathlon to cycling. So this was during mm. lockdown, was it? You decided yes. to make this? Okay. So it's quite yeah. recent. Mm-hmm, pretty okay. much, yeah. And um, so what's the the cycling and the racing scene like in Jamaica, especially for women? Mm-hmm. Is there much going on? Um, no, I would definitely say that some progress has been made uh, in terms of the number of races that are held locally. Um, I'm, I know there's actually a race today and tomorrow, and then we even have our first ever, like, um, I think, like, First, I were like stage races in Jamaica, um, like a tour sort of situation that they have in there, um, which is about next weekend. So I would definitely say that significant progress has been made uh, before. You know how like one and two races, but then a lot of times there would be sponsorship issues and people couldn't host the races as they would want to. Um, but now I think a great, uh, um, now I think it's better, of course. But I think what has contributed that to that was um, the media attention that cycling has gotten recently, whether that be from me and me being a part of Canon Some Generation or like some other guys um, doing well in like the Caribbean Championships or the Pan American Championships. And just the media attention that we've gotten recently has definitely contributed to the growth that we've seen over the past few months. So it's definitely getting better and I'm just glad that it is and I'm looking forward to see how much more the cycling back home can achieve. Yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. in terms of media attention on the women's side, there's uh, Sunil Campbell's kind of blazed a bit of a trail there. Yes, definitely. And recently Aisha Mogon as well. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely 
looking good for um, cycling, even women cycling in particular. And I'm just excited to see how much more we can accomplish. Um, and so in terms of getting onto the team then, what was that mm-hmm. process like? Did, did you go through the application and how, how did that come about for you? Right. So, of course, I was following Kenyans from our pretty much follow all the women's world tour teams and other continental teams. Um, so I saw that they had this application coming up for their new uh, development team, Canon Strong Generation. And it was like, in, it was in a Google form. And it really asked you to like list out, of course, your accolades, whether in cycling or in non-cycling sports. Um, and just other personal stuff, like what you value, what you think you can contribute to the team and um, questions like that. And I just tried to answer to the best of my ability. And uh, I would say I was fortunate enough to be a part of the eight member, the eight um, girls who got this opportunity to be a part of the team. And I'm so grateful for that. And yeah, it's just been great, honestly, since then. And yeah, it's just as I said before, it's just honestly just a dream come true because I remember chatting with my mom maybe last year or the year before about wanting to be on a team or like wanting to somewhat uh, follow in Tinu Campbell's steps in a way to get on a team and to not only maybe like represent myself, but represent my country, represent the region on a whole. And yeah, this opportunity came knocking on the door and it was just something I could miss. And I'm glad I was able to um, get this opportunity and take advantage of it. Do you ever, have you, um, have you and Neil spoken about your experiences coming over here from the Caribbean and the process of that? And have you compared notes on kind of what you guys have found? Um, well, when I was like having some issues, like getting here in the, back in December there, but I did reach out to her and see her and ask for some, some guidance, some assistance. And she did provide some um, advice. And so I'm grateful for that. And yeah, we, we, we did talk like how somewhat difficult it can be to get here. And a lot of the barriers we have to overcome to honestly just chase our dreams in cycling. Um, So that, um, that definitely provided some sort of bond there um, but generally we're just happy that we're both here and we can um, be somewhat of a representation for cycling in the Caribbean and in terms of um, visas and obviously getting over here like it's yeah. obviously a, a much more difficult process for non-European riders and yeah, especially from non-traditional cycling countries um, mm-hmm. has the, did the team help you with that at all? Yeah, our sport director, Adam, he, 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 uh, he provided as much assistance as he could. And um, luckily, we, I was able to acquire the visa on time, get here, especially for the two training camps we had back in January and February. And I'm somewhat secure for now. And then we'll have to uh, do other processes to ensure that I remain here. And uh, I remember actually when 
I last saw you, I think you just finished your training camp. Yes. Uh, I think you'd only just recently arrived in Europe and you looked very mm-hmm. cold. <laughs> Have you adjusted yes. to that? <laughs> Luckily, it's getting a bit warmer, so I'm less cold. <laughs> okay, that's good. Just hopefully it mm-hmm. stops raining soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously since then too, you've um you've started racing. Yes. Um tell me a bit about um the race in I'm gonna murder this pronunciation, but um <laughs> GP Sidat Pontevedra. Um, oh, that was last weekend, yeah. Yeah, so Ricardo won, um, and you guys yeah. were all there. Yeah, talk me through that race. Right, so that race went pretty well. Um, I was a bit annoyed in the last part because I actually crashed in the last, like, the last 500 meters because it was, like, at a roundabout, and someone hit my back wheel, and I fell over. Um, so that was annoying for me, but... The race, I think, went pretty well. Of course, my teammate Ricardo won, so of course, we're extremely happy for her. And she also won the mountain classification too. So I think that's a def- that's definitely a good showing for our team, for Canon Strong Generation. And of course, we're looking forward to the race this weekend and the many more races we have for the season. And just to showcase our talent, of course, and just represent the team well and represent um the brand canyons right and um how have you found it in general just kind of gelling with the other riders on the team it's like obviously it must be pretty interesting everybody comes from like all these far-flung corners of the world and yeah you've got a few german girls as well so you've got europeans too yeah um so the team consists of myself from jamaica my teammate agua she's from paraguay um alia malaysia ricardo She's from Germany. Antonia is from Germany as well. Um, we have Olivia from, um, Olivia's from Sierra Leone. Uh, we have Valentine from Rwanda. And we have another teammate, Deborah. And uh, I haven't met all of them yet, unfortunately. But the ones I have met, they're extremely, they're great, honestly. And I'm glad that my first um introduction to like the um cycling on the european circuit is with this team because i think it's they're very nice and friendly and welcoming not just the team like my teammates but the staff members as well and even when we met the world tour riders at the training camps they were extremely great and honestly i couldn't ask for a better welcome to europe and I'm glad that it was with a team that's, that has this sort of positive environment. And yeah, it's been pretty good so far, just being a part of the team. Yeah, I mean, it's a great initiative, I think. And it's also quite, it's unique in women's cycling. There's not very many, well, there's no other development teams like this that kind of bring right, yeah. people together. Like, And it's a huge kind of gap in women's cycling, mm-hmm. this kind of stepping stone to the world tour. Um, yeah, agreed. So yeah, definitely, um, definitely great that you've managed to kind of find a way through in this mm-hmm. instead of just coming the hard way and yeah, know. and just being culture shocked or just going <laughs> not knowing what to do or how to manage. But I think I've been managing pretty well, so I'm grateful for that. Good, that's good to hear. And in terms of the World Tour team, actually, you just mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. 
do you have much interaction with the riders there? Do they give you advice? Do you get to speak to them about things or see them much? Or are you quite separate from them? Um, well, we got to interact with them quite a lot at the training camps. Um, sometimes we even got to ride with them. So that was always great. Uh, and I know they want to introduce like a mentorship program within the team. So I think they want to have like two world tour riders to one generation rider. So I'm definitely for that sort of initiative um, because they'll definitely provide a bit of guidance, especially for myself and like my other teammates who are new to the European circuit. Um, so yeah, that would be pretty great to be able to interact more with them. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do want us to um, interact more and just chat more and learn more from each other. So that's great. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. It's great that you guys can kind of learn from them. Um, mm-hmm, for sure. And um, in terms of your personal kind of goals this season, what are you hoping yeah. to come away with at the end of the season? Honestly, I want to learn as much as possible. Um, yeah, as as you, as you touched on before, my transition into cycling is pretty new. And so there's still quite a lot, quite a lot for me to learn and to experience. So that's what this year is primarily about. Um, Of course, racing, you want to be as competitive as possible as well. But I want to emphasize the learning aspect of cycling and not just um, whether that's with racing or like it's more technical aspects of cycling, just to immerse myself more in the cycling world and to just develop, continue my development. I think that, so no particular kind of target races or anything, just absorbing everything, being a sponge and learning. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Just taking it all in, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess that's the kind of purpose of being on a team like this. So, yeah. Yeah, it's great that you're kind of approaching it that way. Um, Yeah, I think... So actually, I can't let you go without asking you. I saw on your social media that you also work for a chocolate company as well as like. Oh yes, tell me about um, that. Yeah, that's my, um. So that's actually my family business. Myself and my parents. Um, it's called Chocolore Chocolate. So it's actually a combination of chocolate and my name, Lori. Um, so we started commercially maybe about 2020. And it's just been nonstop since, honestly. We've seen significant growth, which I'm extremely happy for. Um, I know my parents are just buried in work back home. Uh, so when I go back home, I definitely help them out. And hopefully I can some, bring back some chocolate for uh, my friends here and just people I've met here. Um, so, yeah, uh, just a bit about chocolate, though. Um, as I said, it's myself and my parents. So what we do is actually we purchase um, cocoa beans from local farmers and we just uh, have the beans and just manufacture everything until you see the final product in our little lab back home. So we actually had a veranda, but we enclosed it because we weren't really using it and we just converted that into our lab, really. And... Yeah, I honestly couldn't imagine this little hobby we started back in our kitchen to be like an actual business. <laughs> so it's pretty great. And um, yeah, we're just looking forward to uh, 
of course, expanding our product line, um, working with more retailers and just growing, honestly. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. That's great. You're going to be very popular on the team if you're bringing back chocolate. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I promise them. So I have to. (laughs) Nice. That's brilliant. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I was going to talk to you about. And is there anything you want to kind of add about the team or about? Um, Well, I can mention that our team kit or great, the best team kit, in my opinion, um, will be, I think it should be available sometime next month or next month starts tomorrow. Um, So I know, I think it should be available in April, Uh, but we can keep posted on that. I'm not entirely sure when though. Nice. it's really yeah. nice kit. The purple's yes. a really nice color. I love it. And so the bike too. my favorite color. Yeah? Yeah. That's great. So when I saw the kit, the bike, it was just so great. <laughs> yeah, I almost think it's actually is, goes uh, nowhere, but I think it's nicer than the women's the World Tour team kit for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nice to talk to you. Nice to Yeah, you too see you again maybe see you out on the roads of Girona at some point and uh, good, yeah. good luck for Sunday and for the rest of the season oh thank you